Hi, and welcome to the Automotive Tech Info Podcast, the program where technicians talk to technicians, offering diagnostic tips in 10 minutes or less. This podcast is brought to you by Automotive Tech Info to help you learn while you listen. I'm your host, Tony Mala, and we'll be presenting information for and by automotive technicians in a unique learning opportunity to grow your knowledge, insight, and understanding of the automotive technology you see in the shop every day, one nugget at a time. Hi, right, we're back talking with Dave Fischuto and Kevin Orndorff, respectively the former and current owner of Dave's Import Service in Medford, Oregon. Dave and Kevin, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Tony. Good to be here. Hey, Tony. Thanks for having me. We've covered a lot of ground in this series talking about improving diagnostic strategies and growing technicians by broadening their skill set with ongoing training. As we close out our discussion, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about what's next, and that would be electric vehicles, more commonly known as EVs. Dave and I talked briefly about the EV revolution that's coming. Electric vehicles are getting a lot of press these days, a lot of conversation about them, but these things have been chugging along quietly behind the scenes. They don't make up much more than 2 or 3% of the total vehicle population, but they seem pretty popular. And again, this seems to be where the future is going. Two questions for you, Kev. Are you working currently on hybrid vehicles or have you been working on hybrid vehicles? And have you seen any EVs lately? Yeah, Tony, we we do currently work on hybrid vehicles. Um, ironically, I do have an EV vehicle on the schedule for tomorrow. We don't normally work on those. It's kind of a case by case, depending on what needs to be done. We'll kind of dive into anything. Uh, but as far as the hybrid, maintenance is more or less what we do mostly. And one of the things with hybrid vehicles, even, even still, you know, a lot of these actual hybrid batteries new, when you buy the vehicle new, have a pretty decent factory warranty on those batteries, 100,000, 150,000 mile, 10 years or, or plus in some cases. So a lot of times we don't see those. But as far as maintenance goes, I actually have two Priuses in the shop right now. So we do do a fair amount of maintenance on them. Um, and as far as, you know, like preparing for the future, that is, you know, one of those things that you have to take in. Well, you know, what do I need as far as, you know, going back to the training question? Well, what do we need to know about these hybrids and EV vehicles? You're correct. It is the wave of the future. And we are seeing, even in our small community here in Southern Oregon, quite a few fully electric vehicles, um, as well as plug-in hybrids and some older ones. They are definitely populating the streets more than ever. Mm. Well, it's becoming a bigger part of the automotive landscape. Certainly, uh, ASE just released a new electric vehicle test, actually. In talking with, again, some of the schools that I interact with, they are preparing EV training programs right now. Most of it is centered around safety and will be, of course, in the very beginning. But aside from the powertrain, the rest of the vehicle is pretty familiar to most individuals. Brakes tend to work the same, even though they may be regenerative, things like cooling systems. And from what I've seen, it seems like if there are any challenges with the EV systems, it's going to be in the thermal management category. Everyone I talk to seems to think that with the EVs, the biggest challenges are going to be making sure that the thermal management system within the vehicle works as advertised because it's not just the passengers you're cooling, it's the batteries as well. And how that impacts the maintenance type of work that we're doing, 
I guess, is yet to be seen. But for the most part, have you had any major differences, Kevin, that you've seen? I know Dave and I talked about some of the uh, potential differences in the diagnostic strategies based on the powertrain. But just in your hybrid experience, most of the hybrids have an ICE component in them. And of course, the regular ICE vehicles are, are what we see every day. Have you personally had to adjust your diagnostic strategy as it applies to hybrids versus the traditional ICE engine vehicles that you work on? Well, I would say, yeah, it is limited experience, but I'll, I'll just say right out of the gate, hopping into a hybrid number one is visually a lot different than most gasoline only vehicles. Mm-hmm. So just take, for instance, we'll just talk about a Prius understanding just the functionality of it when you hop into it when you push that button and you wait for it to say ready before you can do anything just that principle alone knowing how that works can help you with you know let's say for some reason that the gas engine doesn't start up i'll actually go back in history here a few months ago i did actually have a hybrid jetta that was in here and that was his actual complaint was it keeps dying. I can't move it. As a matter of fact, he had it towed in and just researching the design of how that hybrid motor worked. I was able to figure out how to get it started. And it turned out that it had a hydraulic leak internally in the transmission. So with that hydraulic leak, wasn't allowing the hybrid motor to activate. So it would put it in a limp mode and wouldn't even work. Kind of going backwards and Remembering the basic functions of any vehicle will help you, but let alone the hybrid. Okay, well, we've got hybrid portion of it and the gas portion of it. How do they intertwine? How does that work as far as principle-wise? How does that even start? How does this gas engine start? How does the hybrid motor start? I think is crucial to figuring out any type of drivability concern. We'll return to our interview after this word from our sponsor. Automotive Tech Info provides professional technicians with a regular diet of repair information on BMW, Mercedes-Benz, Nissan, Toyota, Volvo, Volkswagen, Audi, Porsche, and more. It's free access to technical knowledge and insight from professional technicians for professional technicians. Simply register at www.automotivetechinfo.com to gain access to our database of technical wisdom that is easy to use and searchable by keyword, vehicle manufacturer, or publish date. It's a convenient technical resource to keep you ahead of what's coming into your shop every day. For more information, visit our website at automotivetechinfo.com. And now back to our interview. Dave, you and I discussed that. You had talked about sometimes it's not an obvious problem. The hydraulic problem causing a no-start condition is one of them. And that's something that you and I talk quite a bit about, right? Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you open the hood and you can find the problem right away, but sometimes something like that, you got to dig pretty deep. And so on a job like that, it's very important that you do have some sort of strategy. And like what Kevin said, you need to know how the system works. What makes a hybrid car start and go? And if it doesn't, when you're going through your checklist of a no-start complaint, what do you need to look at first? What's going to be the most relevant thing? And then you just got to work through your checklist. And probably, like we talked about earlier, a scan is going to be paramount to at least seeing how every system in the vehicle is working. 
I don't know that a hydraulic leak would show up in a scan, but it's important to know how all the systems are working and how they're working together. Well, I think in our last conversation, you talked about when in doubt, check every single fuse. It seems like a lot of work, but sometimes, again, the most basic thing can save you a lot of time if you stumble across it quickly, as opposed to, as you said, having to explain to a customer why you have to charge them two hours to replace a fuse because it took that long to find out that's where the problem was. Kevin, are you doing anything? I know we talked a lot about training on the, the new technology, which would encompass EVs. Are you personally doing anything just in your business model to prepare for more interaction with an EV? Or is the equipment and the tooling and safety equipment, et cetera, that you already probably have for the hybrids, will it be enough to suffice for the transition into EVs? What planning are you doing for that, if any? Well, that, that is actually something that I've just recently been putting some thought into. I don't really have you know, anything on site other than you know safety equipment, the generic stuff that we've used for quite some time on hybrids. But you know, looking to the future, one of the things, and I believe I actually talked to Dave about this a while back, there's some basic stuff that I think, well, really for any shop is kind of crucial it's kind of an exploratory type deal, but with this crave of electric cars just flooding the market, I'm actually currently looking into, you know, just starting with like putting a charging station on the premise, mm. you know, maybe a spot out in the parking lot where we can at least offer to have someone charge their car. Maybe they've got another car in the shop here and this is their other mode of transportation, but that's, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you see those all over the place to me. And it, this is actually Dave's idea, putting a charging station on the property might be a good start to kind of break the ice of, okay, here we go. We're going to dive into this. And then from there, it really just comes down to learning more about what you actually need. So we're definitely at the starting stages of realizing, hey, this is where we're at. We need to we need to figure something out because like you said earlier, there's a lot of EV vehicles that are on the market. What I see here in Southern Oregon, there's quite a few Teslas on the road. And you know, you can't help but think who's working on those. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, there's not much that goes wrong, but you don't know. It, just by starting with Offering to charge the vehicle, I think, is a good starting point. So, you know, past that, we'll see. That's an interesting point because there actually is a provision in some proposed legislation I'm aware of in Washington that would fund building a network of charging stations across the country in their interest to make EV ownership a lot more convenient. And one of the tough things to beat on the system that we're using is the fact that you can pretty much find a gasoline filling station well within driving range of any car that you have, except for an EV. It's something that I know I'm seeing them pop up in parking lots at you know department stores and, and malls here in the area all over the place. In fact, I'm often surprised at how many of them there are. But one of the things that the independent repair community is doing is looking into, I know some of the associations representing them are looking into getting the funding to have these charging stations installed at places of service. And as you had said, you know, what a great way to start building a relationship with an existing customer that maybe you've been servicing their gas vehicle for years and now they bought an electric. And you're just demonstrating the fact that we're still here and we're still able to service whatever transportation mode you happen to be in. Right. So great idea. 
Well, gentlemen, this has been fascinating as usual. Dave, I want to thank you. This has been a great series. And Kevin, thank you for joining us as we wrap this up. I'd like to uh, offer you the opportunity to come back again anytime to share some of your technical knowledge as we go forward, if that's okay, Kev. Yes. Thank you so much, Tony. Great. And Dave, thank you again. I can't thank you enough for the wisdom that you shared throughout this series. Again, same offer to you. I think we should talk again at some point down the road. I'm sure there are many other things that we can share with the industry. Yeah, Tony, it's uh, been a pleasure to be here and I'd be happy to join you anytime for another episode. Well, gentlemen, again, I want to thank you again for your time. We have been talking with Dave Fushido and Kevin Orndorff about diagnostic strategies. We hope you have enjoyed this series and we hope you will join us as we move forward with others to help bring your technical knowledge up to snuff on what's coming down the road. Because as Dave and Kevin mentioned, things are changing all the time. I'm Tony Mala and thanks for listening.